<laughs> well, the Ducks losing streak has finally come to an end. Hallelujah. But it came at a price. It came at a pretty big cost. We'll talk about that on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ay, 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 Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's term of use for details. So once again, took some time off. Um, I had absolutely no voice for a couple days there and somehow still managed to do a hockey game in Coachella Valley and then just kind of rest it up after that. So we're back late Monday, but, you know, we're back and got a little bit of a surprise for y'all later this week. I'm, I am super, super excited. Um, I'll show y'all later on in the week. I'm stoked. I'm excited. I'm relieved is more the word. And we'll talk about that more as the week goes on. But in the meantime, we got to talk about the fact that the Ducks finally were are off to Schneid and finally broke their uh, eight-game losing streak. Yeah, they lost that many in a row. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight. Yeah, not nine. (laughs) Yeah, it was an eight-game losing streak. But hey, you know what? For what it's worth, the Anaheim Ducks are perfect in the month of December. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm already getting glared at in the corner. Um... To not jinx it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe I won't jinx it, but I will say as of right now, the Ducks are 1-0 and in the month of December. That's something positive, right? I mean, you got to look at the small victories here. That eight-game losing streak was total blech. So it was a good win. But the big story on this one was the loss of Mason McTavish. For most of the game, he left the game in the first period, did not play at all in the second or third period. It was announced during the game that McTavish was out and he could be out for some time. Yeah, that 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 was not good, folks. When I saw that Mason McTavish left the game with a quote unquote upper body injury, I knew it wasn't good. Yeah, didn't didn't look good, folks. Then we got the unfortunate news that came across the wires earlier today, and this courtesy of Derek Lee on Twitter slash X, um, it was found out later on in the day that McTavish would not be making the trip. That That's bad. When McTavish cannot even make the trip, then you know it's pretty bad and he's going to miss some time. He will not be playing the game in Colorado, that little rematch. And he also will not be playing in Chicago. So the shift that he took right before he went out with the injury, you know, there was nothing too jarring about it. Uh, It looked like he was kind of grabbing like his lower waist area, like kind of like his like below his hips. And he was kind of laboring a little bit. Then he took kind of a big hit. 
and had a hard time getting back to the ice. And once he got to the bench, he kind of like leaned over. He was in some pain. And this was pretty late in the first period. So I thought nothing of it when he got out. I saw that he missed a shift and I thought, okay, he missed a shift. Um, Nothing too jarring yet. You know, everyone always misses a shift or two just to kind of collect themselves. But once the Ducks players left the ice in the first period and McTavish just kind of sat there and stood by the bench, um, everyone else went in the locker room. McTavish just kind of stayed there and walked very gingerly to the locker room. So I knew it was bad. And early this morning, McTavish was expected to travel with the team for the two-game road trip. Even though he was not on the ice for morning skate Monday morning, he was hopeful that he was going to play on this road trip. I mean, we were all hopeful about that. Then maybe a couple hours later, Derek Lee, again, on Twitter said, update, he will not travel with the team to Colorado and Chicago. So that is that is the bad news, and I think that's going to cost the Ducks big time because McTavish has been to some people, and this I don't think I, I don't think it's a hot take. He has been, in my mind, one of the, if not the best players on the Ducks this season. He has done everything asked of him on the ice. He has been brilliant on that line with Strom and Vetrano. I mean, Strom's been good. Vetrano's been great. Vetrano and McTavish have put together a one-two tandem that is among the best in the league. Maybe not so much the last week and a half, but they are still putting up numbers. They're still putting up points, and they're still making a difference on this team. And they are, I think... By far the best tandem. I mean, that's yeah, Strowman there. That's the best line on the roster by far. If you take away Mason McTavish from that line, where is the scoring going to come from? It's going to have to come from someone else. Maybe some of the other young guys will step up. And you know what? They kind of did during that game. And I'll talk more about the youth in the third segment of this podcast because you know what I love to say. I mean, I'm going to say it a lot, and I forgot to do this, so I'm just going to put it up now. Yeah. You know what I want to say to that? Yeah. Let the kids play. That's coming on the third segment, and I'm also going to talk about the game in detail after this first intermission. Stay locked in. And now, a word from Sleeper. It is a brand new NHL season that brings all sorts of terrific possibilities. Maybe Frank Vetrano will step up and score a hat trick. Maybe he'll score 50 goals this season. Maybe the Ducks make the playoffs. They could still do it. You never know. Well, you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper and get behind your Anaheim Ducks. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. You could see players like Frank Vetrano step up. You could see one of the kids step up. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Leo Carlson will step up. Let the kids play. And maybe put some money on the kids too, because those guys could help you win 100 times your money. 
you can also play daily fantasy NFL, college football, NBA. The in-season tournament is approaching the finals pretty soon. But as far as hockey, all you've got to do is pick whether guys like maybe Crosby or McDavid, who's been in a role, or maybe put some money on Frank Vetrano on who will record more or less than their sleeper projections like goals, assists, plus, minus, etc. To 100 times bet on sleeper, correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's eight, the same number as their losing streak. Oh, you heard me, Ducks fans. So, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Once again, that is Sleeper. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Once again, you are locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. All right. Let's talk about the game. The game itself, I had fun watching this. I didn't watch this one live because I was out in Coachella Valley. And once I got home, I kind of like hit play. I'll admit I fell asleep. But, you know, once I was up Sunday morning, I was like, all right, I'm pumped. They won. Let's watch this. Let's go all the way through. And I was pleasantly surprised by this game. One person that I was really surprised about was John Gibson. Yeah, Gibby kind of stepped up big time in this game. He made he made the clutch saves when he had to, and he had to make the big saves, especially early on and especially late. Colorado put up 14 shots. In fact, it was 14, 14 shots in the first period. And this was this was a fast first period too. It was kind of hard to keep up with what was going on just outside of what was on the screen because you had Colorado. They were playing a 200-foot game, but they were playing a very high-tempo up-and-down game led by Bo Byram, who scored the first two goals pretty quickly in this game. And it was 2 nothing Colorado, and that's kind of why I didn't want to watch the game Saturday night because that was a bad start. I'm like, no, I'll wait, I'll wait. But Adam Henrique did his thing once again. And this was on the power play. This is something the Ducks have gotten a lot better at, has been their power play. And I don't want to say too much better, but it has improved in the sense that there is better puck movement. And I will say the coach has done a good job of trying to mix it up here and there. Maybe not having the same exact lines, but maybe moving one guy here. Maybe moving one guy there. And, you know, having the veterans out there, Henrik Strom-Vetrano, you know, all get points on that power play goal. Yeah, the vets still have it. And it made it 2-1. to one. And then Devin Tays late in the period, 3-1 to one Colorado after one period. Not looking good. And then it was the kids. Yeah, let the kids play. It turns into the Leo Carlson show, who had a wicked wrister in the second period on a nice feed from, from Alex Kalorn. 3-2 to two Colorado. 
Okay. All right, looking pretty good. And then it went the other way around on the power play once again. Um, don't you find it weird that Colorado's power play got shut out? And the Ducks scored two power play goals. Two of them. What? Where did this come from? <laughs> it wasn't Leo Carlson. It was Carlson on the dish to Kalorn to tie it up at three apiece. And by the way, I loved, loved the puck movement on that power play the second power play goal because now you had all the kids kind of coming together without mctavish they kind of had to mix it up a little bit and there you saw mintikov and carlson just kind of feeding off of each other a little bit during that power play and finally it was minty to carlson but then he dished it or he um, got it right towards the middle Kalorn was right there and tied things up at three goals apiece. That was that was a beautiful goal. And I think that's something the Ducks fans want to see. And if they're going to be consistent in winning games, they're going to have to utilize that kind of puck movement, especially on the PP. So great job there. Three to three, going into the third. And then it got a little bit crazy. Then the pace was, it, it was a weird pace. Colorado did have the advantage for most of the third period. <laughs> John Gibson stepped up. That's when he was starting to make big save after big save. He looked a lot better from the start of the third period onward. He was looking terrific. Ducks didn't have that many chances in that third period, but the chances they did get... I mean, they almost made the most of it. <laughs> and then the period ended. We go to overtime. Now, overtime was BS crazy. All right. We had some good back and forth. Colorado did have the advantage at the start of overtime. And by advantage, I mean, held the puck and annoyed the living piss out of me because they got a shot. They brought it back to center ice, set up for about 15 seconds, <sighs> fall asleep. Okay, they got to get a perfect shot. They got a perfect shot, didn't go through. John Gibson stepped up big time with those two big saves in overtime. And then it was all ducks that took over. And you know what I'm going to yell? Let the kids play! Leo Carlson nearly ended the game late. Nearly. He had a terrific grade A-plus opportunity in the high slot. Got it just, just past the glove, past the glove side of the goalie. And it went off the post. Oh, God. Did I let out a primal scream when the puck hit the freaking post? Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, gosh, dang it. Maybe not in those exact words, but I said, dang it. That could have gone in. Prozbatov was beat. He was beat. And it just rang off the post. Leo wanted that goal. That would have been his second goal of the night. That would have been, I think, his third point of the game. But it just did not go through. Ducks had the advantage. 5-2 in overtime on shots. No goals. Mm, that close. So we go to a shootout. Ducks elect to go last on this shootout. What? 
Usually the home team opts to go first. They have the option to do that. They could go first or last. And typically teams choose to go first. When I saw Ducks win last, I went, huh, bit, bit of gamesmanship from Greg Cronin, huh? Yeah, okay. All right, I, I kind of like this a little bit. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, he didn't score. Kalorn didn't score. Nathan McKinnon, he didn't score. Gibby got a piece of that one, just a small piece of that one. And then the crowd went a little bit nuts. Leo Carlson on his first, his first NHL shootout attempt. I'll admit, even though I knew what was going to happen, I still yelled, okay? Because it was that good to try to describe that shootout goal. Leo Carlson started off a little bit slow, went to his right, kind of slowly crept towards the goal, went to his right, faked right, brought the puck back to his left, and scored it just past a diving Prozbatov. That that was a sick shootout goal. Prozbatov got faked out. He got beat. And I love this for multiple reasons. One, Carlson having the balls to pull off that move. Carlson could have, you know, faked out a little bit sooner. But he chose to fake out right in front of Prozbatov. And I noticed on a replay that that uh, Prozbatov, he tried a poke check and just missed it. And Carlson had enough of a fake and had enough control to pull it back just far enough, just outside of the reach of the goalie stick in order to score that, score that goal. And, I mean, even, even the announcer was like, oh! It was pretty filthy, guys. So, Leo, thing of beauty. Ah, chef's kiss. That was the shootout winning goal. I mean, they had another chance. Uh, Miko Rantanen, he got stopped by Gibby to end the game. Final score, 4-3 to three in a shootout. The losing streak is over. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk more about the kids because... I have to talk more about the kids and I'm going to try to tally down how many times I say, let the kids play. We'll get to that after the second intermission. We'll get to that on the other side. Now a word from Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, don't you wish you could do the same thing with your business team? I mean, you can't have a team full of Leo Carlson's. Or can you? Because if you're building a perfect roster, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can't have skills with everybody like Leo Carlson. (laughs) But maybe with Indeed, you can use their top Indeed instant match. You could find a whole slew of guys with perfect skills like Leo Carlson. If you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates, maybe some young candidates, whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. And by the way, candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match 
are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. Indeed does all the hard work for you. Sponsor a job, boom, instant match. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you got to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Once again, Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed, y'all do. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, I'm your not-quite-horse host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. Twitter handles at StimpyJD. Let the kids play! Woo! Yeah! That's one, folks. I'm going to say it one more time. Let the kids play. That's two now. Why am I saying let the kids play so much? Because... Greg Cronin is letting the kids play. And by that, I mean he let them play in the clutch moments of this game. I definitely noticed a lot more of the youth in overtime. And I'm sure y'all noticed more that you had certain guys that were playing more in overtime. You had Leo Carlson out there late in the game. You had him in overtime. And why not? Carlson already had two points. Almost got a third point late in the game. Could have won the game if not for a stupid post. But I love that Greg Cronin is letting the leash loose a little bit. And letting him get creative. And I love it. Let the guy get creative. How about another youth? I don't know. Maybe a Jackson Lacombe. Lacombe got some pretty decent time on ice. Now Cam Fowler did get the most time on ice. He got 28 minutes, but second was Jackson Lacombe. And Lacombe was actually pretty aggressive for a good chunk of this game. And Lacombe was, he was everywhere on this one. I liked Lacombe's game a lot on this one. It kind of went a little bit under the radar, I think is where I'm going to go with his performance on that game. And unless you really tried to notice some of the little things he did, some of the little pokes that he had, some of the little, you know, finishing your check, um, getting down to the dirty areas. He was good on that. Mintyakov, I thought, was great on this one. It tells you something when two of the older guys, back nine and, and Gudas, they got the lowest amount of time on ice out of all the defensemen. Yeah, Cronin is putting much more confidence in the kids. And I love it. I love it. I wish we'd see more of this. Personally, Carlson is slowly becoming that player that the Ducks anticipated. He's becoming that guy that the Ducks drafted. And he should be. He is definitely one of the more skilled players on the ice at any given time. Especially for a Ducks team that's missing Jamie Drysdale, Trevor Zegras. Mason McTavish, you know, Tristan Luno, he's gone right now. So it's going to have to be other young guys that are stepping up. And I think Leo Carlson, 
I feel like this may have been his coming out party a little bit. You know, two-point performance, great by Leo Carlson. Yes, he's had other great games earlier this season. Like, he's had some terrific games this season. But more so, this was Leo Carlson coming through in the clutch and coming through on his first shootout attempt. This is yet another coming out party for him. And just having him out there in overtime, more confidence in the kid. But did you also notice Cam Fowler kind of had his hand over Leo's head after he scored that shootout goal? Like, he was like a proud dad. It was really cool. So, great to see him out there. And great to see Mintyakov out there in overtime, too. Um, I haven't talked about Minty enough, so here's my two cents on Mintyakov and, you know, the coach letting him play. Letting that kid play. I will count that as a third time I'm saying that. Uh, Mintyakov has shown creativity. Now, yes, he is a defenseman. And yes, he's done a solid job on the blue line. But he's also showing some creativity on the blue line, especially during that three-on-three overtime. Minty's a great skater, and he's good with handling the puck, but he's also good with using his frame and using his long stick to protect the puck. And I think that's something that that he's learning in the NHL. Mintikov is learning how to use his body and to use it effectively. And the more I see him, the more I'm getting impressed. And I... I'm not going to call him out by name, but one of my buddies has said, okay, Mintikov, you know, not too bad. I kind of like him. (laughs) Yeah, you were wrong. Okay, I'm not going to call him out, but, you know, maybe you were a little bit wrong on that one. Mintikov is better than you thought. (laughs) And if you're watching this, you know who you are. Mintikov is better than you thought. Mintikov is damn good. So you know what? Let the kids play. I'll do one more scream. Let the kids play. (laughs) I scared the dog. (laughs) Sorry, pups. That's five. That's going to do it for this podcast. I kind of let my throat go a little bit there, so I'm going to end it quickly. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. Thanks for your patience so much. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to do a 360 and not talk about the youth, talk about the older guys. I'm going to talk a lot more about John Gibson on this next episode. In the meantime, thanks for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available, free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I am on the site formerly known as Twitter at StimpyJD. Show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Glad to be back. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the night. Have a great you know, morning. Please remember to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, fly together.